Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is so good to be here. It's so good to... I love the holidays, don't get me wrong, but it's... it's hang on a second, let me get my thing off. Okay. Gotta love this. But it's so good to um, have the backdrop changed out. I've missed this backdrop. Anyway, I want to welcome everybody to the show. This is going to be a really good show. We got we got a great guest, a great topic. A topic that I'm really interested in. And... Um, so I'll get her on. I'll get Rory on in a few minutes. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. You can find us at www.californiahaunts.org. And uh, if you want to check out the radio, we are at www.californiahauntsradio.com. Just try to make some adjustments. Okay. And. Uh, yeah, I've got some announcements to make. I'm teaching a psychic development class on Sunday. If you're interested, it is a basic psychic development class. I will teach you how to visit your spirit library, do you know, do do a lot of body things. You know, visit your spirit library, visit your spirit animal, your spirit object, things like that. And you might even uh, talk to your one of your guardian angels or your spirit guides. So uh, that class is available Sunday. And if you want to check it out, uh, go to www.californiahauntsradio.com, and you can do that. Just check out the page, go, go, go way all the way over to the top, click on events, and you're there. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming. And uh, we, like I said, we have a really good show lined up tonight. I sound like that's Sullivan, don't I? A really good show uh, it was, Roy, was, was Rory Schmidt, O'Neill Schmidt tonight. And uh, I'm really interested in voodoo. I've, in fact, as a paranormal investigator, I have run in. Let me do this real quick. I have run into a couple of cases here in, here in the Sacramento area that involve voodoo. So uh, I'm really interested to hear what Rory has to say. Okay. Anyway, so without further ado, let me get Rory. Hello. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. This is gonna be fun. Let's, yeah, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> tell me and about I love you. Your music, by the way, I want to tell you. Thank that. you. The intro music. I was much. like started to like definitely feel the vibe and get kind of. That's cool. I love the music you sent me today. That was really awesome. Oh, thanks. Yes. That was really cool. One of my favorite bands. (laughs) That was awesome. So tell me about you. Let people know who you are and what you do and why you're into voodoo. Well, I like to drink tea. (laughs) Um, A little bit about I like walks on the beach. (laughs) I like walks on the beach. I like chatting with friends on the phone. Um, About me, no, I was raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um you know, went to Holy Name and Dominican High School. Right. Hello, all my friends back in New Orleans. And then I went to college and grad school in New York City, um, lived in San Diego. Now I'm in Arizona. But um, what drew me to voodoo is I've always had a real fascination in spirituality, both Catholicism and how I was raised, mm-hmm. um, and also studying like world religions. So I lived in China for a little while and when I was in college and just really interested about uh, multiple paths to reach the divine. Um, and with the, writing the voodoo book, uh, it was a real challenge and a mind opener. And it felt like really expansive. Right. Plus, I got to write it with my mom. And so being on a journey with my mom and, um, and studying spirituality and, and studying, you know, religion and the history of, of our hometown it was really, um, I'm very grateful for the experience. That's really cool. Really, really cool. So uh, when you started to do your research, where did you want to start doing it as, as far as the book went? Because, I mean, voodoo's been going on for hundreds of years, thousands even, you know, depend, depending if you're in Haiti or where you're at, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my background, I have a PhD in art education, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really grounded in research. So that big part of uh, my approach was looking at the scholarship, so looking at Dr. Martha Ward, who is an anthropologist who studied the life of Marie Laveau, um, just reading uh, different theses and dissertations and published articles. That was one approach just to get the foundation because it was a new topic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next approach is really just 
building trust and um, building alliances with practitioners in New Orleans, meeting people, interviewing, going to ceremonies, participating, um, just to learn more um, because it's a very individualized religion too. Um, yes. And learning more about how people practice. So what, what about you? How, how did you become interested in voodoo? Because like I said, as, as a ghost hunter, as a, as a ghost investigator, we've had a couple cases where we've run into voodoo. Okay. You know, Tell me uh, more. where we found all, you know, the, the, the little dolls where people had, been, had created the dolls. We found mm-hmm. uh, that stuff. Uh, we found chickens that had been sacrificed and whatnot in, in somebody's backyard. So we mm-hmm. knew what it was because the guy said, you know, the guy said that before he moved in, the people were kind of off that were living there. So okay. when we found all this stuff, you know, we, and, and then we saw the altar, and, you know, we knew exactly what it was. Okay. Okay. So. That's what got me interested in looking into it because if I'm going to be running into that stuff when I'm out in the field, I better sure as heck know, you know, a little bit about yeah. it. Yeah, and how to protect yourself too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I wrote down dolls, sacrifice, and altars. So yes. voodoo. So voodoo dolls. I know a lot of times, and that's what um, my mom and I would talk about in the book is that you know in different movies and entertainment you'll see voodoo portrayed in a certain kind of horrific fantasy. Right. Um, with voodoo dolls as being these these um, these objects used to inflict pain or harm on someone else, right? Um, you know, uh, and when I talked to priests and priestesses, they basically shared that you know you don't want to put it's karma. You know, you don't want to put anything out there negative that that you're mm-hmm. not willing to also receive. So um, it's not generally practiced. One practitioner told me it was seen as a sort of like spiritual acupuncture, um, right? but didn't go into too many more details about the use of voodoo dolls. I actually have a couple. Can I show you real quick? Sure, go ahead. Okay. That's fine. I bring props to uh, all my video calls. Um, so cool. Other, um, yeah, and so the voodoo dolls, uh, a different kind of voodoo doll, not like the pin kind, the pin cushion right. kind you see, right. um, are actually just dolls made of natural materials that um, honor different saints and ancestors. Yes. Um, so that's what, um, you know, and then slave laborers in Louisiana, in order to practice their religion and their spirituality in private, they had to um, kind of hide it. And so having a doll was much more acceptable than, you know, having um, a sculpture of, you know, the warrior um, god in West Africa. You know. Yeah, because it's interesting you say about them being of natural stuff because the ones that I saw that somebody had put around this, this person's property were, were made out of the um, the stuff what, like brooms. Okay, you know, the, yeah. that thick straw stuff? Yeah. Those are the ones yeah. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a big part of the, so I'm really interested in like the art and the meaning behind these kind of spiritual uh-huh. objects. And a big part of it is using these natural materials or these throwaway materials that are accessible um, mm-hmm. to empower yourself. So it's not about having, you know, perfect, you know, marble or acrylic paints or something. You could just use it from moss you find on the ground. Right, you know, right, you can right. use it from tattered towels. It's fascinating. Now, you talked earlier about uh, Marie Laveau. I mean, I think everybody knows, you know, basically who she was. Can you enlighten enlighten everybody on that? Yes, yes. Uh, Marie Laveau was uh, the voodoo, is the voodoo queen of New Orleans. Um, she became really famous in her day. She self-proclaimed herself as the voodoo queen and, and made herself a priest. Uh, she was a free uh, person of color. She was a philanthropist. She visited prisons, she visited the sick, she brought herbs. A lot of voodoo practitioners practice these kind of, um, uh, you know, indigenous um, herbal treatments to help uh, with the sick. And Mm -hmm. she also, she led ceremonies in Congo Square for thousands of people every Sunday. She danced with a snake. Um, She integrated both her Catholic religion. Um, So she went to St. Louis Cathedral, you know, every week for mass. She was married there. She was baptized there. All seven of her children were baptized there as well. Um, and then she also practiced, um, you know, voodoo and, and really helped uh, share with the world more about what voodoo is in New Orleans voodoo, which is a special flavor. Of right, voodoo. right. It's interesting because I didn't realize she was Catholic. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that she would be doing that because the way the Catholic Church feels about that stuff. Yes. Yes, and you know, you know, talking to different practitioners, I learned that um, 
you know, some things are okay as long as you're not public about, <laughs> about <laughs> doing, you know, practicing voodoo and being Catholic. But right. she definitely was going to church every day. You know, um, uh, I think it was Père uh, Antoine uh, was, you know, the, the priest who was in charge of the church. Right, um, right. They were very close. He was the godfather to some of her children. Um, it was very much clear that she was a devout Catholic and Christian and also that she practiced um, another form of, of worship too, which was inviting the ancestors in, um, the spirits, you know, really um, worshiping saints, also referred to as as loas. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that was a big part of, of what she did and who she was. And she was incredible and phenomenal. And there's actually a shrine to Marie Laveau today in New Orleans at the New Orleans Healing Center where people just go and they give tribute to her and they pray to her and they share offerings with her. I actually have a I have a um, statue of Marie Laveau by my desk um, too, just because they, they see her as a woman who uh, was very powerful and who was very political and who couldn't be stopped. You know, there's some accounts that she hypnotized police who tried to stop her at Congo Square and had them on all fours wow. barking like a dog. You know, she had a, a, this incredible power um, and beauty and spirituality and presence around her that right. um, was thrilling. Um, to a lot of people. Um, when you think of voodoo, when, when voodoo comes to mind, I mean, you're always thinking of, of the uh, of, of evil stuff. Now, is that, I mean, it's not, I guess it's like anything else, like like the witches' covens too nowadays. You know, where when you think of witches, you, you think of, of, of horrible things, but yet they, they're not like that. They're more of the earth and, and all this. Is, is that what voodoo is too? Because, I mean, or, or, or is it what they, what they say? It is that you can cast spells, you can do this, you can do that. So the voodoo that I studied was completely positive, uh, you know, yeah. not evil, very much like sacred, you know, women okay. and the male spirits are equally powerful. It was monotheistic. It wasn't about horror. It wasn't about casting spells. It wasn't about hurting people. Um, it was really about doing good. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's part of the misunderstandings you know there are some practitioners um you know who who do spell work um right. in something called hoodoo in louisiana is, is practiced in rural areas and that's a mixture of hoodoo practices and also spell work as well and so some of that could be um seen as seen as negative but i i did not find voodoo the new orleans voodoo i studied to be right um terrible or scary or awful or evil in any way and why is voodoo so prominent in New Orleans? Well, I think uh, New Orleans is really known for, um, you know, being this really important port city. And hundreds of years ago, there was oh, many, I'm sorry, you know, wrong thing. <laughs> um, uh, really wrong important uh, city where, uh, you know, the enslaved laborers who came brought with them their religion from West Africa through the Caribbean, through Haiti. Um, and that became a big part of New Orleans culture. Um, Marie Laveau really brought uh, voodoo to the forefront with her practices. I mean, she was known not just in New Orleans, but really across the world. And, you know, a newspaper in New York uh, the day after she died um, printed her obituary. So she was someone who was very um, well known. And even today, I think people, when they hear voodoo, they're a little bit scared, a little bit nervous about how powerful it is and how powerful it could be. And it's also been something that's sort of taboo too. So I think mm -hmm. people are drawn to the power of the mystery and, and maybe something that uh, could be scary. Um, but a big part of voodoo is really about personal empowerment, helping yourself, um, creating community, worshiping, you know, acknowledging your ancestors, giving, mm -hmm. you know, giving them offerings. A lot of other world religions do this too. Having altars for departed loved ones is a great way to honor people who really paved the path for us. You know, it's fascinating to me. I mean, it really is. And, and, you know, but my grandmother was, was a Kulandera. So, I mean, look, looking at your book and, and, and reading about the voodoo and everything, it makes a lot of sense to me. Or maybe some mm -hmm. people it doesn't, but it, it does make sense. What did you find to be the most um, fascinating thing about writing the book, as far as, as far as far as what you researched? I think that the most powerful part of writing the book was, um, you know, learning about the different artworks and art objects 
um, involved in both ceremonies. So I had never seen like a sword done uh -huh. in a Catholic uh, mass before, a dance with a sword. You know, I'd never seen um, these beautiful sequin drapos. They're like um, tapestry weavings that, you know, when the people who sew them, they sing spiritual songs. So they, they breathe that kind of life into them. I hadn't seen these magnificent altars where people would come from the community, even in New Orleans for the Day of the Dead, just a few months ago, there was an altar at the New Orleans Healing Center where people would just come and bring pictures of, of lost loved ones and lost pets too, um, as a way to honor them. So I think learning a lot about the objects, both artistically, they were fascinating to me and also how powerful they were per personally. And then also, I, I mentioned writing with my mom, too. That was uh, sure. That's a that great was, experience. That was uh, that was it was really fun. <laughs> it's really. Yeah. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Um, yeah. Were you able to participate in any of the creation of the stuff or did you just do the study in there? You know, did, did you physically get to like you talk about the sword or you talk about the dolls? Were, were you actually physically able to make yeah. that stuff? Yeah. Oh, cool. And I still do. I still do. So when I go to New Orleans, I'll, you know, reach out to my priestess friend and ask, you know, will you be having a ceremony? And during COVID, they actually weren't meeting in person. I think they just now started um, meeting again because I want to make sure everyone is protected. But um, yeah, I attended um, a co congregation in the Bywater in New Orleans on a Saturday night um, with some family members. And, you know, I just, a big part of it is being as respectful as possible because mm -hmm. I know that I'm an outsider and sure. I know that this is a religion that people have maligned in the past and um, persecuted people people because of their faith. So, um, you know, you, when you go to a ceremony, I don't know if you've, if you've been to any, um, Buddhist ceremonies, but you, a big part of it is, is, um, the, the ceremony of what you wear. So based on who you're paying tribute to, um, mm -hmm. you wear the colors for that ceremony. So my first ceremony was to get a, and his colors are black and purple. Um, so I, you had to wear those colors. So that's what I wore. You had to bring a ritualized object to give to him. So he likes rum. He likes, um, sunglasses with one lens missing. He's kind of, um, uh, a trickster Lois, uh, too. So I had to make sure he brought a ritual object, any of the singing and dancing. I didn't know the words, but if I did know, uh, a, a recan, I, I would, I would say with the group, um, mm -hmm. big part of it is walking around the peristyle together and singing and dancing. And I loved it. Um, I, it was just, it was wonderful, um, you know, praying and being open to the spirits. That is really cool. We talked about Marie Laveau and her Catholic you know, religion. Jerry in the chat room is asking, uh, does Voodoo have any, um, I'm reading it, any core beliefs uh, like, uh, like other religions? Yes. And, hey, Jerry, thanks for coming tonight. Um, yes, it does. And I think one of the big, it's a monotheistic religion, so it's belief in one God. And the deities, Benil, are like saints, if you're Catholic or if you're familiar with that. So there's lots of different um, kind of saints that um, they pray to. Or, you know, if you're pregnant, you might pray to Erzuli uh, Frida, Erzuli um, Danto. Um, you know, you pray to certain um, saints just to ask for their help ancestor uh, worship or ancestor belief is really a big part of it too. So, um, but what's really different for me is having grown up Catholic and gone to Catholic schooling. <laughs> I was so used to, I don't know if any of your audience are so used to like the strict dogma, like here are the commandments, here's what you have to do. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. You know, if you do this, you're going to hell. Like all, you know, all these different uh, rules you had to follow. And the great thing about voodoo is it, it's not dogmatic. And that is very difficult when you're brought up in a certain way. But it's also for me really freeing because, you know, priestess I've met, it's like you can be Catholic or you can be Jewish and you can be voodoo. You can practice both. There's right. there's no strict rules about um, who's who is allowed in membership too. Well, look at me. I'm a ghost hunter. You know what the Catholic Church says about ghost hunting? I'm going to be in a very warm place when I die. <laughs> Oh, at least all my friends gosh. will be there too. I could look at the bright side, but <laughs> you know, but that's, I mean, yeah. that's one thing we used to, have. my mother was, was, you know, we'd go to church or we'd go have a dinner at the church and my, I, my mother would go, don't tell them you're a ghost hunter. Don't say it. You know? So yeah. So one of those things. Now you've talked earlier too about, you know, um, being accepted with them when they found out what you wanted to write, you know, that you wanted to write this book, were they open at first or did you have to kind of, 
you know, let, let them warm up to you more to allow you to, do, to interview them and allow you to do this? Yes. Well, um, the first person that I met, it, um, who she actually wrote the horror for the book, Sally Ann Glassman. Mm -hmm. She is a credible voodoo priestess in New Orleans. She was an ordained, initiated in Haiti, a brilliant woman. And um, she was actually the founder of the New Orleans Healing Center. And I met her through my father, actually, over maybe 10 years ago. Uh, he had a, a fetish, a chicken foot hanging from his rearview mirror in his car when he picked me up from the airport. And I was like, Dad, what is this? <laughs> and he introduced me to Sally Ann and to Voodoo. He said, you know, you can be Episcopalian and, and be Voodoo. It's okay. I was like, okay. Um, so I met her and I told her about the book and she was really supportive and she introduced me to people. Um, but then I just did more research too and introduced myself um, um, and, you know, a little bit about the publisher. And also I wrote a previous book on Navajo and Hopi, uh, Indigenous Peoples in Arizona. Um, so I, I have that experience of doing the research and writing and also just verifying information too, because I know that I am not, even though I don't know everything about voodoo. I did a lot of research, right. Right, a lot right, of people, right. but um, it's important. Like I mentioned trust, you know, what people uh, hold sacred, they keep close. Mm -hmm. And so you want to always make sure that you preserve their trust and you share what they allow you to share in a way mm -hmm. that's um, respectful and true. Now that just led to a new question. When you look at the rituals that the Navajo and Hopi have, mm -hmm. how do they compare to voodoo if they compare at all? Is there any? Is there anything that's similar? Yes, there is a similar aspects. Um, a, a part of it is the the role of the ancestors, how powerful ancestors are. Um, dream work in in my research was important too. So spirits or the divine can speak to you through dreams. It's not just a random firing of our brains. Like there's mm -hmm. actually um, spiritual messaging that can occur there. Um, the some of the the rituals involve dancing. Um, how they um, you know use make artwork. So in Navajo. Um, traditions they'll do sand painting like using actually sand to paint on the ground and then afterwards the the sand is swept up similarly in voodoo um, ceremonies uh, the priestess will paint vives on the ground which are ancient symbols um, using a sort of uh, sand or cornmeal that are swept up at the end of the evening so this idea of of lack of permanence mm -hmm. um, is relevant in both that's interesting so i was wondering if there are any i know i mean when you know when you see them perform this stuff, it's almost similar, like you're dancing around the fire and all this going on, you know. But it's interesting to see that there are parallels, you know, within both. Yeah, and as I learn more, I'm sure you know I you know study other religions too. I feel like yeah. I would even with the Tibetan um, Buddhist sand paintings too. Um, you know how those are created after days and months, and then they're just swept up. It's just. Uh, pretty powerful to see how these different beliefs show up in different spiritual systems that are still practiced today. How long did you guys research this? About two years. Yep. About two years. Yeah. We, and the great thing was, um, you know, I worked with the publisher and establishing kind of our, what our plan was and what we wanted to cover. And then working with my co-author on who was going to be researching what, and I'm a right. photographer too. So a big part of it for me was creating some images um, to, to show people what exactly it looks like and feels like what, um, and so to remove a lot of that inauthenticity that I was, I'd been seeing growing up with in New Orleans. And I still see things that are, are just, um, comical, but actually cruel in their lack of truth. You know? Well, that's the, the question I had too, was, you know, how many people, I mean, I mean, all of New Orleans, obviously, you know, is, is known for, for a voodoo, you know, for, for a voodoo thing. How many people in New Orleans, I mean, are there people in New Orleans that, that don't want to deal with it or don't, or don't want to believe it? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, there are people who practice their, you know, a lot of Catholic or conservative religions and, and they don't practice voodoo. Um, I find that even if people in, in my circles and people that I know mm -hmm. and, and grew up with, even if they don't believe in it, they believe it. And it's mm -hmm. something you don't mess with. Mm -hmm. So, uh, not that uh, they don't think it's true, but they think it could be true, but they don't want to talk about it or, or go there. Yeah. So, there is a sort of reverence around something 
in Voodoo and the Unknown that I've I've found. So, um, were you able to watch them? I'm not going to say cast spells. But were you able to watch them do? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to really put it. You know, because when you think about what you think about casting spells, and you know, we're going to have this guy grow, grow six noses or, or whatever, you know. But were you able to see some of the? I know some of the rituals as far as that went. As far as them 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 casting out whatever. Yeah, I think that um, you know a big part of uh, you know the the congregation and the ceremony involved dance mm -hmm. and prayer and um, you know something we haven't talked about yet is the possession experience. Yes. So in a big part of of these different ceremonies is the spirit, either the the deity or the ancestor. Actually, it's it's called like a horse being ridden, um, entering your body. And other spiritualities like. Um, you know, across the world have mm -hmm. this belief in, in a sort of um, possession experience. Um, I did get the opportunity to see that. Um, and that was fascinating to me because the woman spoke in a very deep voice. She smoked a cigar. Uh, she was quite funny. And, mm -hmm. and uh, afterwards, she didn't remember anything. And that's a big part of it is that you, you kind of leave your body is how people describe it. And they don't remember what they said or, or what they did or what happened. Um, so I did get the chance to see that possession experience a few times. Um, and then also I, I, I was able to witness the trance state. Of, mm -hmm. I participated in a couple of voodoo readings um, with a priestess, which have been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, to be able to meet with a priestess, ask questions and and have her enter that current state and either, you know, see the spirit that's walking with me or answer questions that I'm curious about. That's, that's kind of a spiritual consultation, really. Right. Uh, and the question came out of the chat room. Did you witness any healing uh, rituals? No, I didn't. I did not. Uh, I did not witness any healing rituals, unfortunately. Um, one thing that I could share is, you know, when you go to these different spiritual botanicas, like the Isle of Salvation Botanica in New Orleans, you can actually purchase herbs and gregory and things to make, you know, healing potions. There's healing candles, um, you know, for physical healing, but also for things like helping get a new job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Open the pathway. Um, and so consulting with the the different people at the shop would be helpful, but I didn't get a chance to see anything in particular. Um, okay. Not yet, but I will um, let you know. When you look at the when you look at the history of, of of voodoo, do you think now that people are more more that it's more out in the open than it was years ago, or do you think it's more of a clandestine thing now? Yes, I think it's I think it's very much more out in the open now. Um, mm -hmm. Brandy Kelly, who owns a shop called Voodoo Authentic, who was a priestess, she was actually, she told me about her initiation in, in Haiti um, as a voodoo priestess. And, um, you know, that was one of her big, has been one of her big missions in life. She said, we're taking voodoo out to the streets. We're, t we're taking out from shadows. You know, this is mm -hmm. a legitimate religion. And that's one of the first things she told me. She said, Rory, this is a legitimate religion. Take your time with us. You know, um, and she founded the first, actually, the original Voodoo Fest. Okay. So many were familiar with the music festival Voodoo Fest. But before that, um, about 20 years or so ago, she started it. And it was really a way to get people down to the French Quarter to have important authors and, and priests and drummers um, to speak about what Voodoo is um, and to share their traditions and their art. Now, look at talking about, you know, we go back to Marie, Marie Laveau because that's the most, you know, known voodoo priestess. Are there more than one voodoo, is there more than one voodoo priestess or is there, is there one that, that is ahead of all everything? So in, in New Orleans, there's not one particular queen, uh, you know, voodoo queen or mm -hmm. kind of um, in that, in that position. There mm -hmm. are different priests. And priestesses, a wonderful woman, Janet Evans, Sula Spirit. Uh, she was initiated in, in West Africa. Uh, you know, she has a group of people that she works with to, you know, right. priests speak with their congregations. They're really, it's like a community. You know, it's like, who do you practice your spirituality with on the weekends? You know, that's that's who they um, defer to. But there's some of it still that I, I don't know that I think is protected too. So perhaps if I lived in New Orleans, if I attended every week, Right. Um, and I, you know, that maybe I would learn a little bit more. So. I envy you because I think as, as a writer, it would be so fascinating 
to do research on something like that. Yeah. Aww, oh my you. gosh. Yeah, I mean, that is just the most fascinating thing that could ever yeah. happen. Yeah, well, it was really fun because, you know, I went to the New Orleans um, Historic Collection, this, like, old library downtown in the French Quarter and looked at these, you know, ancient manuscripts and, and photographs. And I spoke with Dr. Ward, and she had studied, you know, in the basement of the Archdiocese of Louisiana just to learn more about Marie Laveau and more, learn more about voodoo. And um, there's, I feel like there's still so much more to learn mm -hmm. I'm excited about. But um, it was a great experience. But I think haunting studying ghosts and hauntings and being a ghost hunter like that's pretty phenomenal i mean that's pretty would, it's pretty, it's you pretty must fun. be so brave how do you find the courage to, to do that i'm afraid of the dark okay Me so too. i have i'm always in with a psychic i don't go unless i go in with a psychic I, I don't want things touching me or you know that kind of thing but you just, you get, it's like anything else. I mean, you, you get used to it after, I've been doing it for like 20 years. I mean, you get used to it after a while. You know, when you first go out, there's always that, oh my God, you know, effect. But it, it, you start to get, I don't want to say seasoned, but you do. You know, because you get used to stuff. Because, because you run into all kinds of stuff. Like I said, you run into voodoo, you, you run into witchcraft, you run into people that are just playing around with, with witchcraft. And, you know, they have no business doing it. It's just a fun thing. And then something gets loose and then you, then you have to go deal with it. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's pretty fun. But with you, with what you, because I'm also a journalist too, remember? So, I mean, uh -huh. hearing you talk about this book, just, just, it's like, wow, I wouldn't mind right, getting to do, do research on something like that. Yeah, um, you. When you talk about, because you were looking at the arts and culture of it all, when you talk about that, has it changed at all? I mean, as far as, like you say, the, the dolls that they use or the swords that they use, has it changed at all over the years that you saw? I mean, from the kind of stuff Marie Laveau was using to what they're using now in their rituals? Mm -hmm. I think nowadays you will see a more synchronization or amalgamation of other world religions mm -hmm. in some of the, the, the art pieces. Um, you know, you'll see the Catholic saints, the chromolithographs, you know, you'll see some of the Mexican Day of the Dead, you'll see imagery from Africa, you'll see a uh, lot, you'll see mixed media so that wasn't you know a type of art that was made <laughs> so much back in the day sculptures made out of wood you know folk art style paintings and then paintings made with a lot of skill too so i've seen um the realm of that um the new orleans voodoo tarot cards uh came out ten, maybe 10 years ago or so mm -hmm. and they actually have a card for um the different lois um, those are fascinating too, just to learn, but there's all different types of objects and materials you can see. Um, some mm -hmm. of the roots are still there. So like the Haitian, the drap the drapos that I mentioned, those you'll right. still see um, exist uh, as well, but it has changed. And that's a great thing. And that's one actually one of the themes I wanted to share with you about voodoo is that sure. it's constantly evolving. Things are constantly changing and constantly adapting. It's mm -hmm. not a religion or spirituality that's stuck in a certain year. It is, it is in the today, it's in the now, um, and it will continue to evolve to, to match the needs of who's, who's living, who's present right now. This is also, I mean, this is incredible to me to hear this. Um, because do you think that TV and, and the movies do, do it justice? I mean, let's be honest. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean... There'll be aspects of it that are correct. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. So like you mentioned sacrifice. So, sure. you know, uh, the, the ceremony I went to, the priestess is vegetarian. They don't, they don't sacrifice animals. But in Haiti, you know, another priestess, she said that that's a part of their culture, you know, mm -hmm. and the community does. And it's not wasted. She said it's, it, you know, they know where their meat comes from. It's, they don't go to the grocery store and just buy chicken. I mean, it, that's part of it. And it feeds all the people there. They use, they use the material too. So, um, you know, sacrifice is, is done as a way to thank the, thank the deities, thank the ancestors, thank God, um, to please, you know, to please and, and ask for their, um, prayers. Yeah. Well, like you say in Haiti, maybe it just depends on the location because, I mean, over in the United States, yeah. people wouldn't, wouldn't look real kindly on, you know, sacrificing all, sacrificing all the time. You know, you know what I mean? So maybe it yeah. just depends because they're over in New Orleans. It's a, it's a different atmosphere than it is over in Haiti. Yeah. 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 And at some places in New Orleans and Mississippi probably do still do some 
you know, animal sacrifice. Oh yeah, we have in the Bible. Not that I I haven't seen it, but that's <laughs> part of their their spiritual practice, which has been around for you know millennia. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's something to condemn. I think of of faith because that's what they do. Um, but yeah, I do see things in in film that's not quite correct or not quite right, and sometimes. Um, it does bring up something that just reminds you like, oh, there is this other way of practicing. There is this whole other mystery that we don't know about, but we're, we're drawn to. And I think people do want to learn more about it and what exactly it is. And also that it's not bad. <laughs> that well, it's not so, just it's like I said earlier, like, like with the Wiccans, you know, cause right away mm -hmm. you think with Wicca that, that they're doing these rituals and all this too. And, and they're not, I mean, it's, it's more of an earth thing, you know? So yeah people need to be made aware really of what's going on, even, even with voodoo, that it's not what yeah. people think it is. Right. Right. So key to raise, hang on a second. Chickens at, okay. That's a good point. Jerry says, but it's okay to raise chickens and eat them here. Well, yeah, that's a two edged thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was I a good it. one. Oh, you, know, you can see my yes. thumb. I'm on the wrong side of the camera here. here <laughs> it flipped me over for some reason. Um, what do you think what do you think was the best thing about this book? Um, I think it opened me up spiritually. Okay. I think that I was kind of uh I've always been curious, uh, but not as brave as voodoo made me become. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a saying that you don't choose voodoo, voodoo chooses you. Uh -huh. So I, I believe in that divine mystery. I believe the people who are probably watching are here for a purpose. They're probably looking for answers. But you and I are, have met and we're meeting on this day for a specific yes. reason. I believe in the value of that um, and find purpose. But it really did help me to become more aware of who I was and to uh, not have to hide things like, you know, ghosts. I'd seen ghosts before and that was something that I didn't want to talk about, you know, right. but now I'm, I'm on California Hans radio, you know, and I have a huge respect for that because just because it, it hasn't been defined or boxed by science or definition or accepted doesn't mean it doesn't right. exist <laughs> because we've had a different, it doesn't mean it's not there. It's not worthy That's of right. study. It's That's right. People have had different experiences. So That's right. yeah, I, I, I think it's helped me. Were you afraid at first? Oh yeah. I'm still afraid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, I've always want to make sure, even before I got on, you know, our screen, I said a prayer because I want to make sure that I'm being respectful and that sure. I'm not someone who's taking advantage of of, of people or, or spirituality. I, I, that's important to me that I maintain people's trust. I present what I've researched in a way that's respectful. Um, mm -hmm. And there there is so much to learn. And, you know, every time I go to a voodoo ceremony, I'm a little nervous, like what I'll see or what I, I could experience or touch. And uh, it's always something different. So you have to kind of be open to that. You know, it's difficult because we get the older I get, you know, you get kind of stuck in your ways. But um, when right. you allow yourself to, to be open to transformation or open to something that you didn't know was possible, I think that's really exciting. I just think it's cool because you were able to, you know, convince, well, not convince them, but, you know, with your personality and everything going on, that you were able to get them to allow you so much access. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, have, have knowing that one person who mm -hmm. is an important community leader and having her trust and her knowing my father for years and my family, um, you know, and we still have a good relationship and a good friendship, you know, my my dad had a reading with her on New Year's Day, and um, you know we email sometimes. And uh, I had a um, kind of a do you, I don't know if do we even like spiritual vortexes where oh, there's yeah. spaces where some okay. So I had this experience in New Orleans, my sister's basement. I don't know what it is about basements, but um, I actually invited the priestess to please come and 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 um, do a spiritual cleaning, a clearing, mm -hmm. and that was. It changed so much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you say to people who have the wrong idea about voodoo? Uh, you know, I actually, I don't try to change people. 
Mm-hmm. I don't try to, to fight people. Uh, one thing that I do say, it's funny, you know, my husband and I, we have different spiritual systems. And sometimes I say, you know, we'll see when we're dead. We'll see who's right. You know, like, well, I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't know. I have yeah. some experiences. I have some intuition, I have some feelings, you know, I, 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 you know, I believe God exists. I believe there are ghosts and spirits and I believe some aspects, you know, in aspects of voodoo, but how do you really know? You know, so I, I, everyone has their, like I mentioned earlier, everyone has their own path to God or spirituality or understanding the mystery of the universe. And that's awesome. And maybe they'll be open to voodoo at some point, just, just learning about it. I think that I hope that my family, my friends, you know, in Arizona watching this will, you know, they, I think they've become more open to voodoo just because they know me and they trust me and um, they've learned a little bit through it. So. I'm always happy to to share more, you know, if anyone's curious, but I don't try to push now, it. You, know? you wrote this with your mother. What did she think about the idea at first? Oh, she was very excited. So okay. my mom um, is a Fulbright scholar. She's this brilliant, brilliant lady, Rosary O'Neill. And um, she actually had written a play about Marie Laveau. Um, and the play was actually, it's actually called Buried Alive. Um, mm-hmm. And the, and I'm actually the editor on her anthology of plays that's going to be published in a few months. But uh, it's written about Marie Laveau being buried alive and then uh, a demon coming, a vampire demon coming and trying to steal her soul. So it started out as this kind of, uh, you know, a co- dark comedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, but she also did a lot of research because she's really interested in New Orleans history. She's a seventh generation New Orleanian. Um, she's really interested in women's issues, and she was so inspired by how like powerful Marie Laveau was, uh-huh. and how she she buried I think five of her seven children. And as a mother, to know what that's like to lose a child and to keep uh-huh. going. Um, so she had she had done a lot of research about Marie Laveau, and so um, she was interested in learning more. But you know, she she grew up Catholic. She's Episcopalian now, but um, we had to have com- we had conversations about it, you know, and. Um, I think we both learned. She did the voodoo reading before me. I was too scared. <laughs> okay. It's in the book. It's in the last section of the book. Is it? Yeah. 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 Her voodoo reading, you know, and, and one of the things, if you all, if anyone ever goes to voodoo reading is that you can, um, write down some of the questions and keep them in your pocket. Um, and then the, the priestess or priest may know what the questions are, may provide answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might forget, so it's good to have them written down. I know when she had her reading and I had mine, the spirits, you've probably experienced this, Charlotte, like sure. to interact with technology, like yes. just to be fun. So I'm actually really excited that our tech has worked really, really well. <laughs> One of the last lectures I did, we were having some serious uh, problems, but uh, <laughs> um, so like the technology will fail. You know, the recordings, like I recorded something three times and all of them disappeared, you know? Uh, text right. messages will just vanish and it's like right you know she told me three times what ingredients i needed for this clearing why why do I, why do these keep vanishing so um you know voodoo readings are really a great way to kind of learn more about either a past life either a spiritual guide who's with you or just some wisdom that the other side you know might want to share with you now do they meditate as well you know because a lot of the you know a lot, a lot of the healers do a lot of you know a lot of the healers over here do meditation is, is meditation mm-hmm. a part of voodoo as well yes you know it's a part of people's pure spiritual practice i have uh-huh. t- spoken to people who do meditate who do formal prayer too uh one priestess she explains to me the difference i thought it was so beautiful she said uh praying is asking uh-huh. meditating is listening Mm-hmm. So it was such a huge paradigm shift for me that, you know, praying, you're talking to God, you're listening to God, you're having this conversation and then meditation. It's just like, just listen, you know, so yeah. the messages will come. Um, so yes, I do know Buddha practitioners who, who meditate. It wasn't part of the ceremony that I participated in, but it's again, part of it, people's individualized practices, you know. You know what I'm thinking of you because you're a PhD. I think of Indiana Jones because I mean, you know, you're <laughs> you're, you're, you're totally like college, you know, a college instructor, and then you're out doing this stuff on the side. Yeah, it's really cool. 
Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, part of my, I think my mission that I've become clearer on the last few months is dedication to, you know, art and education is transformation. So I'm hoping that I'm able to meld multiple sides of my spirit, my, my personality and my academic interests, you know, faculty as a faculty coach and also as an artist and a researcher. I think there's some, t I think there's tolerance for it. I, I hope that there's tolerance. I think that our world is changing and we're becoming a lot more inclusive mm -hmm. and accepting of complexity, um, which is beautiful. You know? Do you know of any of the, I don't know if this is a stretch or I'm being stupid, but do you know of any of the voodoo, if the voodoo practitioners ever um, reach out to Marie Laveau for help for what, you know, whatever they're trying to do? Yes. 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 I, I think that that's why she has, she continues to have so many followers. I mean, mm -hmm. her, her, she's buried in St. Louis uh, cemetery in New Orleans. And because there are so many people, you know, not just from New Orleans, but around the world who would go and he would visit her tomb um, and he would steal parts of the bricks from her tomb who would, you know, take pieces off like relics, um, you know, to, to bring them positive energy or they would deface it. You know, she didn't read or write. And so she'd sign her name with three X's. So often people would write that. They had to actually make the cemetery close. So you couldn't go to her grave. And even now, unless you are, uh, you have special permission from the cemetery or particular religious leader. Um, I know of people who still will climb the fence and just to go see her tomb or, um, there are some special tours you can go on and, and visit. Um, a priestess I know, she actually goes to Marie's tomb and she just talks to her, mm -hmm. which I think um, is so beautiful. And, um, you know, I I've, myself have prayed to Marie Laveau. I think all the beautiful things she's done to heal the sick and um, mm -hmm. take care of the community and a lot of abandoned children, actually, and people in the community that she um, adopted and and helped financially pay for. Um, she transformed New Orleans, and so I, I see her as a saint. Mm -hmm. I to doesn't she? Um, doesn't she reportedly haunt that haunt that area of the cemetery? I don't know. I don't I've know. I've seen stories. Okay, but I'm you would to... too if they were taking parts of your, you know, parts of your tomb away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. you, you don't mess with the uh, people's final resting places. Definitely no. not. I mean, you go to speak to them or or give give them offerings, not, not take. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but you know, I, there's also like a beautiful mur mural of uh, Marie Laveau at the end of Rosalie Alley. So people do venerate her. Her name does have a lot of, still evokes a lot of power and mystery and um, so much still to learn. And there's also different stories. So multiple versions of truths based on people's research. So that's mm -hmm. fascinating to me too. Um, I just wonder what she thinks of it all, you know, what, that, 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 that she's so popular still. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what she thinks. I think, uh, I hope because that. somebody that strong surely is able to come back and check everything out. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I wonder. I I would hope that she would be happy to see that voodoo is something that's still practiced today, and that she had mm -hmm. a huge influence, and she still does. You know. Who do you think uh, right now in New Orleans is is the top uh, practitioner? Oh, my mouth doesn't want to work. Oh, it's okay. Um, you know, I don't know who it top. Um, Louisa uh, Tesh is a really well-known author and spiritual mm -hmm. leader from New Orleans. Uh, recently saw a short lecture she gave. Um, Sula Spirit, uh, she was originally from uh, New Jersey, but she had family uh, generations ago from Louisiana. Um, mm -hmm. She's a, a really well-known um Il de Coin Coin is the name of her temple in New Orleans. Um, she's Sally Ann Glassman, who wrote the forward for the book, Brandy Kelly. These are all women, which is exciting to see. You know, I grew up in a church right. with all male priests. So wonderful to see women as, as the leaders. Uh, and those are some of the ones that I'm familiar that I'm sure. familiar with. Sure. And it's not only just French Creole people doing it now, right? No. And I think that was the most fascinating thing is... You know, I went, the first ceremony I went to, I, I thought, okay, who, who, what do people who practice voodoo look like? What do they wear? 
you know, might have anything in common. It's just going to be really awkward. But like, they just look like regular people you would never know. So this one guy I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw him at Whole Foods the other day. Like, he had like a button down shirt, kind of nerdy, you know. And, uh, you know, you see people, this other lady, she was doing stretches before the ceremony. And I was like, why do you do stretches? And she's like, well, it's a really physical event. And she says, during my day job, I work from home. I'm a computer programmer. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, it's not just people who are, who I, people who I, you might not think. Um, right. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating to, to learn. And it's, and everyone is welcome too. So whatever you do, whatever you practice, you know, you're, you're welcome to join. See, that's what's neat about it, though. Like you say, it's, it's not the people you might think it is, because that goes back to, to the stigma of what a voodoo priest is or, or voodoo priest looks like. Mm-hmm. That goes way back yeah. to, and that also goes back to TV and everything else. And people have these preconceived notions of what they're supposed mm-hmm. to look like, when in reality, it's not like that. Right, right. It's very different. Yeah. Well, it's 21st century. I mean, we, 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 it's not a, it's not a religion that's stuck in the past. It's very much in the present. Um, as far as New Orleans goes, I know, I, I know, like you say, it's, it's done, it's done elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you say, um, you got the bayous back there where they could really be doing, doing, you know, whatever they're doing back there in the bayous. Um, how prevalent in New Orleans is it? Um, well, it's very different than a traditional church that would have, you know, a, like a Unitarian church in my neighborhood will says services on Saturdays at two, four and six. And here's this right. big, you know, church or this big temple or this big area. And here's our preschool that we have here. Or, you know, we're, it's not like that because there's not usually like a, a, a large, clean, crystal clear church, you know, it's the wealth is important into creating cathedrals. It's very mm-hmm. much roots. It's very much in people's backyards or basements or, um, you know, in a, in a small, you know, building outside of their homes. So it's, it's hard to say how mm-hmm. many people are practicing. Um, and I think that's okay, but yeah. So I'm not sure how many people practice. I know people were practicing in, in Mississippi too. One of the priestesses, you know, she talked about a trance experience where she's seen small people lift up someone over their heads when they're in the possession experience. So the spirit comes, enters into them. They they gain like superhuman strength. Um, She practices in Mississippi, but um, I wasn't in Mississippi. I was in New Orleans. I didn't get to go. And then another practitioner, she told me that she's from Alabama and they practice, she's um, a native American uh, tribe coming for ancestry and they practice uh, different ceremonies that involve a similar possession experience too. Mm-hmm. So it's practice, but it, all different ways, I think throughout sure. um, the South and I guess even in Sacramento too, you know, we're well, seeing yeah, so, somewhere obviously they're doing it because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it when the gal sent me the photo, she says, what's this? It was hanging on my door. And I said, oh, well, yeah, let me look that up. I wasn't about to tell her what it was. <laughs> I said, oh, let yeah. me go look that up, okay? <laughs> Trying let to me, keep let me get back to you. We're not going to get back to her and say, yeah. oh, it's a voodoo doll. <laughs> you can just see that, well, what, you know, what would happen? Um, yeah, so, think, go ahead. I was just saying, people try different ways to protect themselves. You know, yeah. if they've had an experience, an alien experience, you know, some experience of a, of a ghost, and they they don't know what to do. I mean, voodoo... I actually wrote a, um, I have a quote for you from the book. You know, voodoo was this great way of just empowering yourself. And like, when you're terrified, like voodoo can help you be less scared. Um, uh, Martha Ward says voodoo is a matter of love, luck, and, and the law. It creates a sense of agency in a chaotic and troubling world. Um, you know, she said, you know, you want a divorce in a Catholic city, voodoo. Your husband needs a job, voodoo. voodoo. You want him to be faithful, voodoo. You want him out of your life forever, voodoo. So <laughs> voodoo is the answer that people have been using. And I think are using even more, you know, again now, just this is a way to to protect yourself, to ask, you know, your ancestors and saints and God for help in this terrifying time, you know? 
I just think, I just think the word voodoo, if you use it on somebody, you know, like, like that, like you're talking, it invokes like, you know, the, like people think of the wrath of God, you know what I mean? I mean, that's oh, yeah. what people think, it's like, oh my God, it's voodoo, oh God, you know? Yeah. It's just and voodoo crazy. means spirit, it means spirit, yeah. and it, sometimes it will shut down the conversation, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm talking to someone, like, oh, what's your book about? And I just say, voodoo. Like, either they change the subject <laughs> very nervously, <laughs> leave the room, or they kind of like, oh, really? They kind of lean in and, and want to know a little bit more. So you're right. It does. That word does evoke. It's, it's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. People are afraid of it. Boy, I'll tell you. Yeah. I just think I just think all religions are fascinating. I just I do. You know, whether it's voodoo or whether, like I said, my, my grandmother being a curandera. I mean, I saw I didn't see stuff from her. I, I saw her working with herbs a lot when I was a kid. My mother's the one that would have stories about her being a midwife, you know, and then, and then using herbs and stuff to help people and all this going on. So I find this stuff absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And I like to look That's into it, like, even with the Hopis and everybody else. I, I like to look at, at how they're doing that. You know, I have books yeah. and piles of books and stuff on that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This has been fascinating. God, I could talk to you for hours. Look at, I know. Let's do this again. Look how fast it is. I was um, I said a prayer. I was like, I'm so thankful. Somebody wants to like talk to me about voodoo. Like, this is great. So thank you for <laughs> tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm having a ball. It's just, it's just so fun. Um, the rituals that you went to, how many people came to them? I mean, was it a big bunch of people that, that would show up to these things or no. a handful? It was small. It was small. I think the first one was uh you know uh, 15 next one was about 20 um and the second one was actually really fun because we paid homage to la siren mm -hmm. who was uh, like a well you know the sirens like a, a sure. mermaid sure um and so it was a very different kind of of ceremony in that you know we had there was west, west african drummers who came that was really fun and we sang the songs but you know, I guess if if she possesses you, you go limp. And wow. so they had a, a a sheet there to hold up the person because that's that's part of the experience. Then after the ceremony, everybody went swimming in the pool. So that was that was that was a different one. But each ceremony is really dependent on you know who's available to come, who's kind of been part of the community, um, and then what the event, who it's for. So it could be a ritual for like. St. John Eve's Day, that's a big ritual in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So it's June 23rd around there. It's on the um, bridge um, in New Orleans and everyone wears white and there's like head washing. So la Tête is belief that, you know, like the head is the entry for the spirit. Um, so it's like this beautiful way of like people getting their heads washed or their feet washed and having, um, you know, a ceremony in celebration too. And there's a different ceremonies too for like hurricane turning. So if a hurricane is coming, that's something Marie was Laveau was known for too. Is is mm -hmm. doing rituals and prayer to move the hurricane to protect the city from these terrible storms, you know. Um, and there's there still are hurricane turning ceremonies. And if you can't go to one in New Orleans, you know, I'll see uh, people posting on social media like this is what you can do from home. You know, light a candle with this, say this prayer, have a picture of this, wear this color we're offering. So there's little things that you can do privately. And so maybe that mm -hmm. builds on your question, like who practices? It's right, not just right. people at a church or in a small community on Saturdays. It could be, I mean, it could be everyone in the world doing some kind of voodoo practice potentially, you know, privately in their homes with a candle or with a picture of an ancestor or a saint or praying to God. So kind sure. of look at it, I guess. Which leads me to my next to last question is obviously, like you said, you, 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 you worked your way in so they trusted you and stuff. How does somebody who's interested in voodoo, like let's say New Orleans because it's easier to find, obviously. Yeah. How does somebody involve themselves with it? Like, you know, like in with the voodoo church or, or whatever. I mean, can they just walk in and do it or do they have to go through certain things before they allow them to participate? Yeah, I think that it's important just to to meet a priestess. So a lot of the priestesses that I've met are like business owners. So okay. Sally Ann Glassman, she owns the Isle of um, Salvation Botanica. She's the founder of New Orleans Healing Center. So even stopping in her shop, if not her, someone who works in her store, be able to provide more information for like when the next ceremony is or to 
to, you know, provide, you know, a contact. Same thing with Brandy Kelly. She owns Voodoo Authentica in the French Quarter. So it's a, just reach. That's what I did. Just I just reached out like, hey, I'd love to learn more. And I think that they have a, a lot of people who come to them to try to learn more either for a school project or for a spiritual discovery. Schedule a reading with a voodoo priestess. I think that's a great way to, to learn more. You know, visit their shops, buy a voodoo doll, buy some tarot cards, just start practicing, you know. Mm-hmm. Last question. You're standing on the corner. I asked this to all the businesses I interview. Okay. You're standing on the corner in Las Vegas. And there's a bunch of other people out there, or maybe a handful of people, who have books similar to yours, you know, on, on, on the topic of voodoo. How do you get people to read your book? How do I get people to read my book? Well, uh, I think I would say, hey, y'all, do <laughs> you want to learn about I think I would um, greet people warmly, authentically, try to make that first kind of soulful connection and share with them that this book is written by a, a mother-daughter team who are local New Orleanians. Um, we're written as outsiders looking in. Uh, it's very different than some of the scholarship books. Um, we're not priestesses, but we have met a lot of priestesses and we've learned more about it. So I would say this book is different because it shows what the history of New Orleans voodoo is, but it also goes into the contemporary times and how it's practiced and how you can practice it as well. So it's a tool. Really. Cool, cool, cool. Rory, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh my God, this it was, was fun. fun. Yes, it was really fun. It was really fun. I'd like to get you back on later on because I'd like to talk about your Native American book. Okay. That sounds fun. That would be fun fun. to talk to you if that's okay, you know? I I love it. Yes. And I love your, I love Calfrey Hots Radio. I'm I'm your biggest new fan. All right. Fantastic. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Awesome. All right. Well, you have a good evening and I thank you so much. Oh, hey, I, I always forget to do this. Where can people find you? Where can people get your book? Oh, yes. Um, we're on Amazon. So just Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, the publishers called the History Press or Arcadia Publishing. So you can go to that website too. Um, yeah. Check okay. us out. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so and much, Charlotte. It was thank great you so much. Thank here. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You have a good one. Okay. Bye. All right. Thank you. So guys, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five people. We're equal opportunity here. You know that. Um, again, another announcement is I will be teaching a basic psychic development class on Sunday. So if you guys want to learn to visit your spirit friends, uh, your spirit animal, your spirit book, your you know to get some messages from from the other side, this is the way to do it, to learn how to do it. It's an inter- it, it teaches you how to leave your body incrementally and go and do this stuff and come right back in safely. Um, tomorrow, our guest is Tom T. Moore. He is going to be talking about Atlantis and pet communication. And he's also got a special gentle way he does stuff so you can ask for help from uh, from the saints, from God, or whoever you ask help for. So uh, he's going to be on tomorrow at the usual time at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Okay, go back to this chair thing. If you like the show... like way ahead of myself if you like the show share it with five people if you hated the show share it with five people share it with the five people you hate because we're looking to get as many subscribers as possible you guys are doing really good with that but i'd appreciate more subscribers the more more we get the 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 more looks these people take a take of these shows anyway um you see that ticker running along the bottom well it's because we're a non-profit organization california haunts is and all this equipment to run the show and do ghost hunting comes out of my pocket. So if you guys could find it in your heart to help a little bit, to help get the show on and keep the guests coming, that would be great because I, I want to keep doing the show. I think it's a good show. I hope you do too. Uh, that could be at paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if, you don't, if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, there is a Venmo where you just type, you know, go into your Venmo and type in California Haunts. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming. And be sure to visit the website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And you'll be able to see this show. Plus, you can go back through our archives. We have 150 videos of, of this show, which I'm real proud of. And uh, you'll be able to go through all those archives and go to the YouTube site. And there, you know, and if you haven't subscribed yet, you get a chance to subscribe there. There's a little guy down in the right hand, bottom right-hand corner of the videos that has a, has a little uh, 
Sherlock Holmes hat on with a uh, magnifying glass, and that's where you subscribe. That, that's our little ghost hunter. So uh, I really appreciate you guys coming tonight, and I will see you all tomorrow. And I see, and I'm freaking good to finish. Uh, I see Jennifer's in there, and I see Maurice's in there, I see Jerry's in there. So I'm glad that you guys came in, but I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good one.